0: Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris Quinn with my co-host. Dom DiTola, And we're just a couple of comics who love talking sports, and we're just going to get right into another sports story. This time, we're talking about Leeds United. Leeds
1: United. Uh, Like I always say, I'm not too familiar with the sport of soccer, but this one was really cool to research and uh, learn about.
0: Yeah, the uh, ups and downs of being a Leeds fan must be pretty rough.
1: These people have to be heavy drinkers. That's oh, all I'm saying. So heavy. Like for what these people have to put up with on a yearly basis as a Padres fan, I'm just like, "My god, at least they suck in
0: peace." This is just, oh god. <laughs> you see the alcohol sales just going through the roof as the team just starts going down divisions. Go into the pub. <laughs> all right, Leeds United, they actually started in 1919. There was a there was a soccer club called Leeds city that ended up closing yeah and they uh they took it over i found it interesting when i was researching it um they talked about it being a rugby town yeah so it's a very hard nose um they had textile factories there
1: yeah it was like a very booming city in the industrial revolution yes uh that time period uh kind of up north in England, geographically, kind of by like Liverpool and Manchester and things like that.
0: Well, bringing up those those cities, uh, I want to talk about Leeds because they're the third largest city in, in England. Yeah. But they only have one team. Yeah. So a lot of other places like Liverpool has two teams. as has Liverpool and Everton. Manchester mm-hmm. has two teams, Manchester United and Manchester City. London has like 40 teams. That's yeah. not a joke. London has <laughs> so many damn teams, it's ridiculous. But in Leeds, it's just Leeds. It's almost like
1: Friday Night Lightsy. You know oh. You have your one team and that's who you root for unless you're from somewhere else.
0: Yes. Um, but I found it interesting that they had trouble getting fans early on in the the 20s and 30s because they were such a rugby town.
1: Yeah, and I I, I would believe that. I mean, rugby's still a very popular sport um, in any of the UK and UK satellite nations. Oh,
0: absolutely. I just I found it so interesting that because soccer really was taking over at this point, but in Leeds, they're like, we don't give a shit. (laughs) I I just, I I love that. So um, we'll talk about later on, but in the pre- World War Two. Uh-huh. They right before World War Two actually broke up broke out, they actually went and bought they spent a good amount of money. Yeah. And that really screwed them over. And I wanted to bring this up to you because they were talking about them not believing that they were going to get into another great war. Oh, geez. Because that was the thought of the first great war was it was the war to end all wars. Yeah. So they didn't think so they <laughs> they were like on the brink of war and they were like let's spend a bunch of money on some new players <laughs> and it really put them in financial straits and oh yeah took them down to the second division post World War II obviously they had uh they had actually a bunch of players uh serve and die and serve and yeah. and were were great um members of the club kind of thing yeah but um that that little financial uh, hiccup Yeah, almost comes back later on as to what they do.
1: And it kind of reminded me of how the NFL in the US in the late 30s, early 40s dealt with the war as opposed to England. And it's all based on population size because when the English UK fights a war, particularly in the British Isles, so like Great Britain, it's not densely populated. I mean, it's densely populated, but it's not heavily populated like the US. You need all hands on deck. All of your athletes, unlike in the U.S. where you can get waivers and things like that and not have to serve or you like just go on a battleship or like, you know, play your sport at a USO show and can kind of get away with that. Yeah, you're in the shit immediately when you're in the military in Great Britain.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're There's no there's no athlete exemption it's, you know
1: it's like you just got paid however many pounds and it's like all right you're taking Nazi shrapnel right now
0: yep and th- another thing uh, th- obviously there's no tv revenue they had to make all their money off of of match day tickets exactly and nobody's coming out to that nobody has money first off and nobody's
1: they're living in the goddamn subway system exactly. because the
0: luftwaffe
1: is Bombing
0: them. Exactly. So, hey, do you
1: want to go outside and watch a soccer game? I don't know.
0: I think they just blew up the stadium. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how they came out of that in completely dire straits of, of thinking that the Second World yeah. War wasn't going to happen.
1: Oh, this Hitler guy, he's going to say he's had enough after a while. Don't like, worry about exactly. it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Come on. Um, so we get into their first great player. Yes. And that's John Charles. John Charles. Um, tall. Um, everything that you would want. So they, they originally started him as kind of like a defender Uh and he was such a great player that they ended up pushing him forward to what would be a striker. Yeah. And he pulls them out of division two and they have some good years with him, but you could tell it's kind of like a one man team.
1: It's a one man team and he's playing well enough to keep them in division one, but not winning division one. No,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: Like where he's keeping them in it, but not, you know, doing anything. Almost like Dominique Wilkins on those Hawks teams. Yes, no, that's a good. Take you to the playoffs as like a sixth seed every
0: year and just go out in the first or second round. Yeah, exactly. And the club saw, so I want to talk about the way um, salary was based in this time. There was a maximum salary that players can be paid. Uh So I think it was something like 1,200 pounds a year. And they had day jobs. All the players had day jobs. Oh, yeah. Um, So another local team, not local, another United uh, Kingdom team coming in couldn't necessarily be like, hey, we'll pay you more money. We'll give you, you know what I mean? So him going somewhere else in the United Kingdom didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, no. And um, baseball had that with the reserve clause. Yes. And where teams... Not necessarily would um, create like a cartel, but they would collude. Yes, And exactly. they would keep salaries to appropriate levels as they saw fit, not an open market deal.
0: It was it was like that, but completely open. Like, hey, we're setting your salaries at this. Yeah. So, and they did it because they didn't want other clubs to come in and pilfer the Poach their players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can
1: understand that from that perspective, but. Who are the reason that people were coming to games?
0: Exactly. So and this is why I'm happy that it broke was other leagues didn't have those those rules. Yeah. So we see the Italians come in. Oh, and, it's
1: always the goddamn Italians. <laughs> and it
0: always is. Juventus comes in and offers them a yeah. world record sixty five thousand euro um well probably lira at that time i was yeah. gonna say i think I the, I the only thing i saw was it was euro and then they equated it to something like eight million probably, today's probably money. either pounds or lira yeah I, I, I forget which one it was but they uh you're right i think actually now i think it was pounds okay yeah because they had to pay them in pounds to get
1: because if it was sixty thousand lira that is absolute piss considering that time period yes. for that country so yeah
0: so it it, it really had to be a Pounds so that because it, it was a world record, yeah. And he goes to the Juventus and does great there, of course, he does. You yeah. know, he's he really was one of the better soccer players of the 50s and 60s. Um, and you see
1: that a lot though with guys kind of across the board in all sports, like if they're a star and bringing up everyone around him on a bad team. Not necessarily winning championships, but they're bringing everyone around up around them, and they go somewhere that's competently run, that has talent around them too. Oh, man, that's a perfect marriage right there.
0: And that's what he wanted. He wanted to make a bunch of money and...
1: Maybe win once in a while. Win <laughs>
0: once in a while. He wanted to win some silverware. It was actually interesting. He, uh, His base salary, they said, was right about the same but his incentives, So oh, if yeah. like he won a big match, they were saying like they were paying him like 5,000. I guess, so I don't know exactly what it was because I think everything was in pounds. Oh yeah. And so, but they were like his, they were saying his bonuses were so obscene that Juventus finally had to be like, hey, but Juventus at that time, I just want to say this, they were extremely rich club, but they were really a shitty club. So they were like 17th, 18th in oh, okay. the division. He comes in. The next three years, I think they won two out of the three championships. Oh, wow. So you're right. He brings a better – he brought this team together.
1: And I'm sure he's also getting paid under the table. You know, you got some Bhutan's uh, out there to play with the old mozzarella, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Hey, know. man, the the Fiat – Uh, ownership own that. So they were giving him Fiat. I I think they were giving it to him every month. That's not even a joke. It's still a Fiat, but you know what? It's free. Exactly. (laughs) So he was driving a new Fiat every single month. He was just like, what? That one? I crashed it. I don't care. So this brought in this new era because they had a bunch of money from his sale. Yeah. And they bring in the guy that you have to talk about with Leeds United.
1: Absolutely. The head coach, right? Don
0: Reeve. Reeve.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Reavy. I was listening to uh, some videos on... I love the British pronunciations and stuff sometimes. yeah.
0: Sometimes I read it and I'm like, well, you guys pronounce it like that. I'll take it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So Don comes in and he... Pretty much institutes a new way. So he he comes in 1960, I believe. Comes after in 60, relegated.
1: and then they're almost they're so bad off the bat they almost get relegated to the third division yes. in 1960. So
0: I think they actually had to beat a team in the last um, uh, game of the season to oh, to stave off rele- relegation. And what he does is he comes in, he changes the jerseys to all white. Because, which which are badass. Yeah, it's Well, he saw Real Madrid, Real Madrid dominate yeah. in the late fifties in Europe and we're like, they look fucking awesome. And took that, and really, I, I love that. I love the yeah. solid color uniforms. It, it's awesome. Yeah, The when
1: the NFL does the color rush, it's either 100% god-awful or it's 100% bitching.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. There's no middle ground with, that, with yeah. those uniforms. The, I hate the Seahawks one more oh, than God. any other.
1: That's the worst. That, that neon green. Yes. Like,
0: oh, God. It's, it's brutal. Um. So he comes in, and you're right. Off the bat, he's pretty bad, but they have not a great team but he institutes this thing of youth development
1: yes he he's almost like um i think what we, we talked about in the croif episode yeah he was very um into fundamentals and he was very very interested in building youth teams yes building younger players and getting them all to play together as a team and he was like the first guy in their team history i read that had scouting reports yep on opposing players it's like wow it took this long
0: well a player was talking about he people would be making fun of him for the way he was doing it for making them constantly run yeah. and making the team be at because he was talking about it was just like we felt like we were in better shape than all the other teams mm. we felt like we were in better preparation than all the other teams and it got into the mindset of like hey we're better than and every team and what was so ridiculous about this team in let me look real quick 60 da 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 da, da 64 is no no excuse me 63 is they get promoted 63 yeah. 64 they get promoted first out of the division two and then the next year 64-65 they get second in the first division. Yeah,
1: which is incredible, which is probably the best they've ever done. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's such a ridiculous turnaround so coming out of the the second division teams normally get like middle of the table they yeah. came out of the second division were like hey we're the best team here and throughout the late 60s early 70s they really showed that
1: yeah they really did under Reeve I mean he was the guy that made them something out of being just a middling team in that first division or just a second division like mainstay
0: yeah so the uh the what what i'm going to get into later is how bad they got screwed over in the oh against Woo! fc bayern yeah uh-huh. um but uh right now they they get second in the league and the way that soccer is looked at is a lot like nba in the 70s yeah and i think a lot of americans don't understand what it was the English Premier League was like, the English First Division was like. So Leeds was the team that would beat the shit out of you. So yeah. if you came in for a hard tackle that they felt like was rough, oh, they'd punch you in the face. Open there, season. There wasn't like there was a lot of fist fights and there were a lot of just like dirty tackles.
1: Well it it almost seems like uh it's a rugby town. Right.
0: It's, and I was just gonna get into so if. Furthermore, their fans oh, are known man, I read as about their the fans. roughest fans in in this era of hooligan, hooliganism. They were the ones that were just like wrecking people. So Leeds would come to your town, their football club would <laughs> injure your players, and their fans would beat up your friend. Even though that your team would win. <laughs> yeah. So, well, they no, they were pretty good at that time. They so were, I think, yeah. I think they finished third. And Reeby said, hey, I want to win the league. But I want to do it without all the bullshit. Because Mm -hmm. they had a lot of negative in the media. Yeah. um, Because the media comes out of London, comes out of Manchester. Exactly. So they're like, hey, what's this? (laughs) What are these bullshit guys (laughs) doing? The the bad
1: boy Pistons of English League Soccer.
0: Seriously, though. So he wanted them to come in and not hurt teams. And they came in and had their best season ever. And had... One of the best seasons for like years and years and years, which yeah. I, I felt like was pretty interesting. They had the most points um, in 67, the most wins in 27, which in that era, because they played 29 games, Yeah, um, winning 27 and losing two is like
1: crazy. Yeah, and by 1973-74, they finally really kind of put it all
0: together right well hold on this is this, oh, is this is that's all right you're jumping forward oh, sorry man um this is 68 69 okay and then in sixty-nine, seventy, they were the first English team to almost get the treble yeah the treble but they they finished second in pretty much everything but in this era from 67 to 74 if you were winning something Leeds was getting second yeah and that's why that's what they were saying was they were like they didn't have the dynasty numbers that a lot of people equate like five championships that kind of shit but they were the bridesmaids every time which 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 sucks
1: that has to kill especially as a fan just your mentality like every year and then you just keep hating yourself for going back to it and you're like looking in the mirror like oh why do i put myself through this
0: yeah so they have they have uh, I think they won one European championship. So the European championship was called the Inner Cities Fairs Cup, <laughs> which is you could see obviously why they changed it to <laughs> Champions League and Europa League, but they they have one of those, but in I said this earlier, I wanted to bring up this back to back years of getting screwed over by referees. Yep. So in seventy three against AC Milan, yeah, they had a referee from Greece who Later became barred from ever referring a professional game because oh, he was so god. egregious, yeah. and they say the game was so bad that <laughs> the fans, neutral and Leeds fans, after the game were chanting, "You're the champions! You're the champions!" Oh my to god! Leeds. And so Don, this is Don Reavy's Don last Reeve's year. Still there, yeah. This is his last year, and he has a huge offer. He doesn't want to go to another English team. No, that's what he said. He has a huge offer from Greece. Yeah. Um, I think it was Olympiacos. Okay. And he said he denied it because he didn't want to play in a league <laughs> where a guy refereed, this guy who refereed this AC Milan game, would be refereeing every weekend.
1: That's awesome, though.
0: And then the English national team came in.
1: You and, can't say no to that. That's what and he that, said. Yeah. He,
0: he he was like, when they came in, that was just like, it's my dream.
1: Yeah. And that's probably the dream of every british coach yes that is in these leagues is like that's no matter what team you coach like as a club team that's the job that everybody wants
0: yeah especially in this era too i feel like because they 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 just world cup they had just come off of the world cup victory um and he has players on his leads team that are in the international fold because they're so good so he knows a bunch of players he knows um
1: yeah, that's that's the offer you can't refuse. That's the briefcase full of money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, so they get a new coach. They go mm-hmm. back to the European finals against Munich and get mm-hmm. screwed again by the ref.
1: Yes, they do against FC Bayern, yeah. And
0: yeah. they were talking about this being probably one of the more egregious ones where, like I was saying, soccer in this era is marred by violence and cheating. Yeah. And they this is when they really had to step in and be like this needs to stop.
1: Why is it oh it always seems like I mean obviously the NBA had that big thing with the Kings and Lakers but like it always seems like soccer the referees you never know if they're like up on the level. Well that's like
0: shady. It's you still have that reverberating from this era mm-hmm. because and it's hard to even know if Bayern were the ones that paid off the ref. Does that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's hard to even know who's at, at fault, but it was obvious the ref was so bad. There were like penalties that were so obvious and it got to the end where Leeds stopped um, protesting for him. Cause they just knew the ref wasn't going to do shit. Oh Jesus. Like, yeah. It, oh man. It was pretty bad. Um, That's rough. But after Don Reeve leaves, they bring in this coach.
1: Oh, yeah. This is a good one.
0: <laughs> and he was the coach of Birmingham City. Yeah. And was one of the more outspoken people saying that Leeds should be arrested rather than... Oh, God. Because of the way they played. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was his take. Like, they're not gentlemen. And, and yet they bring him in. And, then, and they bring him in. And the club said he still pretty much was saying the same shit in the locker room and yeah. right off the bat the guys were like we're not playing for you we hate you hey everybody just want to
1: take a quick break to uh, let you know that our sports experience podcast is brought to you by angle studio here and uh they're here in tucson for all your recording needs yeah um uh brian cloth i believe yes is his name and uh it reminded me like how he went about his business it reminded me how like In the NFL, how none of Bill Belichick's assistants ever work out as head coaches because they think they're hot shit. Yeah. And they go somewhere and they're acting like a dictatorial ass, bringing in their own players who aren't as good as the guys who are already there and just creating so much tension, tension. and anger. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's what the player said. And there was actually, he called one of the Birmingham players that he knew and he goes, how did you guys ever win under this guy? Because right. Right? he was just brought so much stress and tension. And when it boiled over, actually two Leeds players got into a huge fist fight. I think it was with Arsenal and got suspended for a couple of games and they were asking him what went wrong. And they were like, We were just so mad at the coach, yeah. Like, because because if you watch the play, people were saying like it wasn't a hard tackle, and they just like flipped out on you know what I mean. And it was just so much tension in that locker room.
1: It all boiled over. I I I completely understand that.
0: So they bring in I forget who they brought in, but it was just super nice guy. Yeah, and that's why they said they brought him in because he was just like uh, not a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, they called it the uh, 40, 44 days, yeah.
0: Which is so rare back then. It, bringing in a manager, you have him for years and years, and yeah.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Armfield was their new Armfield, coach. Armfield, yes, yes. yes.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they just said Armfield was the complete opposite. Like, he would just come in and be like, you, you lads all right? And they'd be like, yeah, he'd be like, all right. But like <laughs> he, he was, the only complaint that the players had was he was uh, not as hands-on. Yeah. So, but they they were a good enough team to where that's what they needed. Yeah. And that was the year that they made it to the final against Munich and lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just to bring that back a little. But they really, after Don left, they all of their players really were aging. Uh, just a perfect storm of garbage. <laughs> yeah. They had Jack Charlton, who was like their their star. Mm-hmm. I think he was 38. Yeah. So like they they had to invest in youth and it just didn't work and out. And
1: they get to play the game called Relegation Land. Yes. <laughs>
0: and this is when they get relegated into the second division again. And yeah.
1: nineteen seventy eight, yeah.
0: Unfortunately they're there for a pretty good amount of time. So yeah. they're there for about a decade. Which
1: Is really shitty, you know, as a fan base to have to sit through that, especially because you're not one of the top teams where you're just every year wondering, are we going to stay here? Are we going to
0: go down? Are we going to stay here? Are we going to go down? And well, it just, it has to suck because their fan base at this point, like we were saying before they had problems getting people in the stadium at this point, yeah, they are one of the biggest teams in England, even though they're in the second division. Oh yeah. And that's what people were saying was like, their, their fan base is huge. They're like so loyal. And they just can't get out of that second division for the life of them. Yet they keep going,
1: and they keep getting wasted, and they keep starting fights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, well, no, they kind of clean up a little, but they're still known for hooliganism. They're, yeah. Their fans, I don't think, are ever going to get away from that. No. So if you want to talk about the, the fan bases that are kind of linked to that are Leeds, uh-huh. Millwall, okay. Man United, Okay. They just, they're kind of, they're linked to just like beating the shit out of people <laughs> oh kind of thing. So if, if you ever watch a, uh uh, soccer movie. Millwall's always the bad guys. It's actually really fucking. Oh
1: funny. yeah, like uh, Green Street Hooligans. Yeah, yeah. Millwall was the, the bad, guy. bad guys. And there's oh, there's man. another one
0: called Football Factory with Chelsea and Millwall's the bad guys. And that <laughs> one is it's one of the funnier things about that where somebody like they're oh, just God. like, well, obviously Millwall's going to be. The bad it, they're guys. like the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Seriously though. Um. So where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, oh, so they get promoted back into the first division. Let's yeah, get into that. Let's get back into that. Um. Mm-hmm. It's actually really interesting. The um, in eighty nine ninety they get promoted back in the into the first division and they go out and they start spending a little bit of money mm-hmm. and they yeah. bring in Eric Cantona, who yeah. everybody says is the wild card.
1: He is, and he he is. He's like the Charlie Day wild card.
0: Yes, <laughs> he he really is wild. He's French. Um, he, people say he does not talk a lot and if you ever watch him out on the field, it's almost like he's disinterested in the game Yeah, and then out of nowhere, he'll like rip a shot out of nowhere and, and, and score and you'll win. You'll just be like, Oh, that's why Eric's out there. He's like Jay Cutler essentially. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but not involved in every play it's almost no. like he's not involved for 80 <laughs> minutes and then he's just like you know what i'm gonna run for five minutes you're like thank you eric thank you for running um, effort guys <laughs> so they win ninety-one, ninety-two with with a really good team so eric is is the and their striker first division too yeah and the it, yeah it's their first uh first division victory since uh 72 i think yeah something like that yeah 72. um so they're back in it. Everybody's they're really humming now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're back into being what everybody feels like Leeds United should be, which is a top division competitor. Yeah. Um, and then immediately that summer, yeah, they sell Eric Cantona to their biggest rivals, which for made no like sense to me for like no money.
1: Yeah. It, it's not that he left like, if they had sent him to like Barca or something for a ridiculous amount of money.
0: Okay. Anywhere outside of the United Kingdom.
1: Yeah. But Manchester United, the really biggest
0: rivals. It's insane. Like, how and can you justify that? That's what people were saying was like, what is going on? We just talked about on the last episode the owners stepping in and pretty much ruining the soup that we're all trying to eat. You yeah, know what I mean? That's like, what it is. And there was talk about them not liking Cantona's attitude and shit like that. Uh, but selling him to Manchester United for like nothing, pretty much put the the writing on the wall. Like, hey, we're not a championship team.
1: It's almost, it's almost as if just like, how could you? Like, that's what, what I'll,
0: re, like how
1: manchester are you
0: kidding me? i watched this the video on it and they had uh their secretaries were filling all kinds oh, of no. calls and the, they're they, those poor broads oh god <laughs> and they were asked they were just like they were pretty brutal just like yeah. calling in just like i imagine just drunk english guys just like you
1: fucking <laughs> motherfucker how could you sell best goddamn french play you motherf-
0: and these like pleasant english women are like Oh, a hundred percent. Like they're nice secretaries that have to deal with this shit. Um, they probably have PTSD from that. Oh, and I'm not kidding at all. Yeah. It was probably brutal. So the next couple of years, they're still in the first division, but they're not great. And you could see that they're not battling for Europe. So in, in, in this era, you want to get top four to get into European competitions, to get TV revenue. So this comes into play um, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Yes, so yes it does. TV revenue becomes a serious, serious thing. So before it had never really been no, anything that, it, like it didn't even match the, the stadium receipts, you yeah. know? So like they didn't really give a shit about it. Now it's crazy and it's crazy to get into the european competitions to
1: well those purses are bigger anyway because they're being televised over countries all over yeah and if you're a middling team it's so hard to break to that next level if you don't have that money that you're almost assured of at some point being relegated if you make one or
0: two bad moves and they make some awful moves oh they make some terrible moves if you if you look at the players they go to buy they are really some great players yeah and they, they are put together they put together a great team but what they did was they took out loans yep. against tv revenue money that they hadn't made yet yeah in anticipation of making the european competition the next year they proceed to not make it two years in a row and, and they can't pay back those loans the loans are so bad that they are they said they're like 30 million pounds in debt from one year oh, and then the interest on it because they took out these huge... Yeah, and obviously the interest has to be high because that money doesn't has exist. has to be, exactly. so. They, and they took them out thinking they're immediately going to pay them back. That was the other uh, thing. So they didn't give a shit too much about the interest, if that makes sense. Oh my God. And the stupidest financial... like You hear stupid financial stuff and this is it. So they pick up Rio Ferdinand, they pick up Robbie Fowler, yeah. who these guys go on and have story careers in other clubs and they can't keep them.
1: No, they can't there. It's impossible to keep them.
0: And one of the, one of probably the most heartbreaking thing is they sell Rio Ferdinand yep. to Manchester United, oh, who goes God. on to be their central defense guy for <laughs> over a decade and wins. He has so many goddamn trophies. It's, it's ridiculous. So, but at that point, it wasn't like the Eric Cantona sale. At that point, everybody in Leeds was like, "Hey, this this team this has needs to happen." Yeah, this team like, needs money, and you need to sell these these assets.
1: How many of those uh, secretaries do you think stopped rooting for Leeds after taking all of
0: that shit? Oh my god, I bet they're just like at a pub, and somebody starts talking about soccer, and they're just like, oh, "Stop! Stop! No! No! No!" <laughs> I don't want to hear a single word about no. get out of here. It's just like okay, you I'm either
1: sorry. you either cover my drinks or get the
0: fuck out. Yeah, I, I decided I'm going to stop my uh, English impersonation because the last <laughs> one was so bad. So uh, just in case anybody was wondering, so they sell Rio, selling them off. They sell Rio. They sell Robbie Fowler to Liverpool, who becomes their yeah. striker. And you know, we all know. You know, Dom, what am I oh, talking about? I know
1: all of this. I know they're good players from researching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, so they get relegated to Division two. And this is what I want to talk about when a team that thinks they're going to be in the top four get relegated to the second division, they can't hold on to their wage bill. Exactly. even though they sell these top stars, Yeah they still have to essentially have a mass exodus of all of their squad players yeah, because they're almost getting paid two times, three times what they should be getting paid. Exactly. So they go down to Division Two and essentially have to create a team from free transfers and youth being brought up. Oh, dear Lord. And they are so beyond being ready for this yeah so they're not having they don't have like youth players that are on the verge of being because they have all these veteran not veteran but all these star players come that are that are first team players you know what i mean so like they are so beyond not ready to play in the second division yeah that they almost get relegated right away and then they get relegated the next season to to League One, or is that what they call they it? they call it league one it's Division Three, yeah, so it's the Premier League Championship League League One, just oh. to get confusing, yeah, um
1: come on, get your shit together
0: well <laughs> yeah, whatever i could, I can do a whole thing on the leagues, but <laughs> they uh they get they get uh relegated to Division three and play Division Three football for the first time in their entire career, yeah, so they had never been relegated below division two so i want to talk about them so this coach comes in his name's david wise yes and david wise tries this is right before they get relegated to division three he brings in a bunch of players on like loan yeah and they can pretty much see that it's not going to work uh-huh so I think they were like 19th and there was like a month left in the season and they were like, well, if we don't win this game, we're automatically relegated. Yeah. So they decided to go into administration.
1: Yes. Administration. And
0: this is what I wanted to bring up. Um, I was talking with you about before the podcast is in England, if a team feels like they can't pay off their debts and they're going to be relegated to the lower division, they go into administration and they're allowed to pay off their debts at a lower rate and they're essentially, they're, they have like um, state-run accountants come in and take yeah. over all of their finances. Uh-huh. So they don't look at a player and be like, oh, we need this player, so we're going to take a loss on it. They're yeah. like, we're not going to take a loss on anything. No, And that's essentially what administration is, is to get these clubs to not fold, but yeah. to come back and be financially solvent.
1: Yeah, just, just to make them get revenue get revenue yes like make them not a shit show and it has to suck for a team that's as old and as storied as Leeds.
0: well i'm glad you brought that up nope. because they were not out of administration by the start of the next season which oh. technically would make them They're technically they're supposed to fold at that point yeah so they're supposed to have the summer to pay off all their bullshit and then kind of start over because they were such a storied and old club. Here, I even wrote it down. Awesome. It was uh, They were given the ex- exceptional circumstances rule. <laughs> and, That's the most British
1: way of saying, get your shit together.
0: And they were docked 15 points to start yep. the season. Oh, God. And, well, this is the thing. Was, they were sh- such a better club than all the other teams in the third division. I'm not yeah. talking shit. On third division clubs they were just such a better club that they almost won promotion that is hilarious 15 points deducted (laughs) um they made it to the because there's like a playoff and they made it to the playoff and ended up losing Um, oh my god the next year they get promoted and this is when we kind of see some weird shit going on yes
1: some very weird stuff
0: so a lot of investors were looking at leads like hey this is a club that can make a shit ton of money that we can buy at a low rate this
1: is a this has a fan base it has a history like it's not an expansion team or whatever this is like something good to invest in if we can run it correctly
0: and we we see maybe like we were talking about with the last episode with the baltimore coats Colts,
1: Baltimore coats
0: coats Baltimore Colts uh ownership just some rich guys coming in and seeing the availability of money yeah and that's kind of what they were trying to stop is random people coming in and luckily enough and I want you to grab these guys names for me okay Uh, luckily Uh, enough we had some Italians coming in and they Andrea uh Rondarazi, Rondarazzi. That sounds right. Yeah. And, and his partner, uh, Salino. A Salino, yeah. Salino. Uh-huh. So I want to talk about Salino. So Salino... Came- or it's actually a Chilino. Chilino. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Chilino comes in and tries to buy leads outright. I think he tries to buy 75% of them.
1: Yeah, he tries to buy a huge chunk.
0: And gets denied. Yeah. And keeps getting denied because he has... Embezzlement, tax embezzlement, and all this, all this stuff in Italy, where he's from.
1: Typical Italian activity.
0: I'll just say that. (laughs) Um, Just to reiterate this, I know I brought this up. He, he was kept getting denied ownership in Leeds. He still owns a, a team in Italy. Oh yeah. So Italy was like literally telling England, like you don't want this guy to own a team, but. We still let him own a team. That's fine for us. He's right at home here. Exactly, exactly. So I I thought this was one of the funnier um, instances is he put in a bid. This is like four or five bids down the road. He put in a bid that he thought was going to be accepted finally. He calls the coach... And he's like, you're fired. And the coach is like, who the hell are you? And he talks to his lawyers, and the coach's lawyers were like, yeah, he doesn't own the team yet. So then he continues to be the coach. It's like, it's like in the office where Dwight's like, well, you're pre fired. Like it's so, it's such a ridiculous circumstance. But you can see he's trying to come in and, Pretty much create a winning style this this yeah. ownership group um, because Salino uh, and uh, uh, Rodrizzani. Rodrizzani, Rodrizzani um they were a consortium. They were uh, coming in as co-owners. Yeah, um, they finally made the decision like Salino needs to go. Yeah, you can own it by yourself, which was probably the best thing that he ended up doing because then they bring in this Argentine coach who awesome. is so great. And people talk about him. Um, He he had that 2010 amazing run with Chile. Yeah, Chile in the World Cup. In the World Cup. And and they still talk about it because that Chile team was good, but he made them great. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely fantastic. Um, He, oddly enough, was from Rosario, where Lionel Messi's from. Yep. And he was part of the uh, coaching the youth teams at the boys club that – uh Messi was part of. Well,
0: well, hold on, hold on. So there's two teams in that in that. Oh, area. there is? Okay, I don't
1: know that. I so. know,
0: and uh, I'm going to bring this up. So Messi's from the Young Boys. Oh, okay. He was the coach of the Old Boys. Fair enough. <laughs> so th- I'm just saying, those are two different clubs, and that's why they got their names, was the Old Boys was around, and then and then the Young Boys were like, if you're the Old Boys, then we're the Young Boys. So Just
1: to... <laughs> See, I'm learning on the job, everyone. There you go, there
0: you go. Um But one of the better uh Biesla is his name. Biesla. I, I was trying to look for his first name on my sheet here, and I, I don't know. I if think I wrote it's it uh,
1: marcello Biesla.
0: marcello Biesla. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, and he is institutes a a a culture of attacking and creating great players from good players. Exactly. Yeah, the attacking. It's almost
1: like. A, guys play with their hair on fire. You know, they're always trying to get the ball and always trying to score and just trying to make things happen. Just up-tempo.
0: Yeah, up-tempo, high pressure. That's the thing. And the thing that people talk about is you can press all day, but you need to understand when to press. And that's the probably his best asset is his players know how to press probably better than any championship team at that time. And they know when to press. And they really are... it, It was... Because I, I watched the 2019, 2020, I watched a couple of their games, and they really were a step above a lot of those championship teams.
1: Yeah, even the championship teams, but even in the second division where they're at, they're that's what the, kicking at Yeah, championship, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: That's sorry. what I meant. That's all right. Yeah, no, uh, I just,
1: I, it's so confusing I with know, all these I try, damn leagues. I
0: know, I try and leave it to the, when they're in the second division, they just look like they're above all these other teams, and What was kind of sad was we see this pandemic sweep in and they get promotion without any fans in the in the stadium.
1: That has to be the worst. It was like I'll relate this to baseball. It was like the Padres making the playoffs after 16 years. No, 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 not 16. After 14 years out. And you can't have any fans in the stands. And there's
0: just like cardboard cutouts of dogs in the stands. You're yeah. just like, what the hell? It's like, it's yeah, not it's-
1: fair. Your first year back leads and you can't even, your fans can't burn things down.
0: Exactly. So uh, we we just wanted to talk about this team because they were so up and down, so storied and so... yeah such a wild ride hey everybody this is just a stock message at the end of every episode we hope you enjoyed whatever athlete and or team that that episode was about just want to say give us a quick follow on all social media we have a youtube channel the sports experience podcast and we're on instagram to tola dominic and myself c quinn comedy so give us a follow all around um, we're always recording right here at angle studio thank you all very much